I'll be coming for her. And I'll be coming for you too. Sure you will. And I'll be waiting. You are about to enter a world unlike any you've ever seen before. Where rock and roll is king. The only law is a loaded gun. Where the beautiful stay and see the show, it's really good. The brutal. I want Tom Cody. And the brave all meet. From now on, it's for real. In Streets of Fire. Pictures presents Michael Paré, Diane Lane, Rick Moranis, and Amy Madigan in a Walter Hill film, Streets of Fire. Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak oh, Show. We there. <laughs> Here we are once again, gathered around the bar to talk about a movie that we just watched, as we do every week, here on the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. My name is Colin, and I'm surrounded by a bunch of internet radio superstars, including... My name is Brent. hip hop and Tom! Sean. Bebop and Travis. <laughs> and tonight's movie was chosen by Tom. Tom, what did we watch tonight? We watched the rock and roll fable Streets of Fire. Made in the year... 1984. Directed by... Walter Hill. Walter Hill. Now, the reason you don't remember this movie is because it was overshadowed by every other awesome thing happening in 1984. It opened the same weekend as Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yeah. Wow. But this was positioned to be Universal's like big budget summer blockbuster of the year 1984. Which is crazy. How'd that pan out? What was there anything in this movie that was like big? There were shots of trains. 
Well, uh, no, see, but that's the thing. When I actually tell you, you're going to go like, no, really, really, yeah, okay. So <laughs> he's they, already doing it. <laughs> they built a the whole that whole street with the trestle and everything was built in Hollywood because they didn't want to shoot in Chicago. Really, and move everybody. They like, let's just do it here. So they built this big fucking long street and they covered it with the world's largest tarp. I would wow. think it was in yeah. the Guinness Book of World Records, so they wow. could shoot during the day. Crazy, because they only go to that one street shot. With yeah, them. it is that yeah. one street yeah. that they. Uh, what about when they're on it. the train? Yeah, those the actual train. I think the train stuff and like you know there were some Chicago location shots. Yeah, okay, but like very few of them it seemed like. Right. <laughs> so what's this movie about, Tom? It is a rock and roll fable about. Uh, it starts off, which I think this movie starts off in probably like the best fifteen minutes I've ever seen in film history. No, fuck it, come on, ever history. History. Hold on, no there's history. so many movies that start with a fucking song. Let's not like. Okay. <laughs> By the way, Tom's film history goes from the year 1984 to the year 1985. Hot, uh, hot. Sang by her. It's sung by not, somebody. Not else. sung by her, but lip acted by and yeah. acted by a young, really, really hot Diane Lane. Diane Lane. A moment for the Diane Lane Appreciation Society. Oh, this has got to be like the third chapter of that society. Like, oh, that's, man, that's she, up, but in this movie, like I saw yeah, her yeah, in uh, the Outsiders, I think before this, and like it's like man. Who is this lady? <laughs> lady. And this was like in that era. Is there like a big gap in her career? Because it feels like she didn't come back until just she already looked old. No, she's been doing stuff for ever. ever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's just been consistently us. working. Yeah, just because most of them are like, you know, chick flicks or something that probably wouldn't have come across our radar. Right, right. That's true. And she's singing this this song at like a like like a rock concert, and you know they get the audience and the like, and it's like a weird. This movie's so weird because it's like it's an eighties movie with like the eighties lights, but yet it neon and neon. And then it also and then the music's a lot of eighties music, but then it's set in like a fifties world. It's got like fifties cars. 50s fashions. 50s fashions, but it's also like 50s diners, but it also has like 80s fucking like street crud fucking yeah. shit all over the place. Has 80s fucking neon noodle fucking lights. And it has neon the, noodle. The 50s <laughs> like 50s tough guy mentality. Yeah. Oh, it's the so much worse. In the hair. We're gonna yeah. get to that later because that is the fucking yeah. worst about this whole movie is the attitude problem, the stick that the director shoved up everybody's <laughs> ass, or maybe it's the stick he had up his own ass while writing this movie. Like, yeah, people talk like this. Yeah, what's it to you? Well, in you some know? ways, like, it seems like you know because I mean I, I know what you were saying earlier. We'll have to talk about it here. But like, it's a kind of a in some ways it's a it's a western, right? In, in its like themes, where. It's like it's a bunch of people who, you know, they're all guarded and they're just like, you know, uh, that's not they're, even, they're tough exteriors like all over the place to the everybody. It's like, angle, is yeah. it? That's the noir 50s angle. No, there's what? There's I thought what, the, West, even the even Western like, angle is the fact that this dude's name is Tom Cody. 
Mm-hmm. He fucking wears a goddamn brown long coat and suspenders and, you know, a white goddamn, like, uh, like a long jaw yeah. shirt. Like, it's his underalls or whatever. He's, he's, in the middle of this, like, like he should have <laughs> Yeah, he's wearing, like, this authentic, like, western, like, high plains, you know, uh, cowpoke kind of. And Diane Lane gets kidnapped by a biker gang who you would assume is also supposed to be, like, During the, the mustache twirling, like, man in black, right? Yeah. Who's willing. Defoe. But he looks like Marlon Brando out of like the wild one or something like yeah, that. I, I, I always love that opening. I mean, ironically, because it's like you couldn't pick a better time to fucking, you know, abduct this woman. It was like, <laughs> hey man, they want to make a like, statement. Her song set ends and they're like, no. And they run like these like, what, five guys, five yeah. guys in leather biker jackets rush the stage, no, was punch everybody. That. <laughs> just yeah, punch everybody, everybody. But that's and rock and roll, right? Grab the girl. I mean, they, they live in a rock and roll world. That, that's the more rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Because then the cops had that juvenile delinquent like conversation that was trying to be like all like yeah. nodding to the fifties juvenile delinquent problem shit like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> which just, I'm like, know. but how old was Tom everybody Cody? He looked in this like he's movie. 30. Yeah, well, so did like Willem Dafoe and all those guys. Like, what the fuck? Juvenile delinquents. These people are like 35. Like, everybody's an adult. No one's a fucking delinquent. So it's okay. So not only is it trying to have this 1950s rock and roll motorcycle gang delinquency, it's trying to have the, uh, the like, uh, what I call it, the, uh, it's like the sheriff who's in love with the, uh, the stagecoach girl and like, you know, she's an actress. That's why Western people hated those girls because, you know, they're, or whores, basically, or what they thought of was impure. Like, ah, oh, they're singers and dancers. They have no substance to the Western, like, you know, we work for a living. They fucking sing and dance and pretend shit. Well, on the liner notes, they describe it. What, like, he synopsized, with the director, like, we got the soundtrack album, and on the back, he synopsizes the movie. He's like, what is it? It's like the... This is a comic book movie with, like, Western... Yeah, but he says, like, it's the... It's like the leader of the pack abducts the queen of the hop and soldier boy has to show yeah. up and yeah, go get her he's back. Like a soldier who, like <laughs> in your mind would have come home from fucking World War II yeah, or yeah. whatever. I mean it's like right there he's taking like these cliches of those type of movies and like you know mashing yeah. them together. Mashing them together. But he's ruining the whole thing by thinking everybody has shitty attitudes in those movies or something. I don't get it cuz like I don't even recall... Well, I, or when I was watching the movie, I was like, this is the problem with this movie. It's a John Wayne Western, but with in today's world, we only appreciate the Clint Eastwood type of Western, the anti-hero, and those two don't fucking mix. You know, you can either have the righteous, like, sheriff cop guy who's going to, like, go help and save the dame or the lady or whatever... Or you could have the, I don't care about nobody but myself. And that's what Tom Cody is. He's like, I don't care about anybody but himself. But that's the problem. But he's it's, like, I'm he's, just doing it for the money. But it's, that's what. Well, he gets hired in the in the movie. <laughs> uh, so, his his of course, the girl who gets abducted, Diane Lane's character, Ellen Aim and the Attackers. Ellen Aim and the Attackers. She's, she's his ex-girlfriend, but she's now shacking up with Rick Moranis, who's, like who's a, a Billy Fish. agent. Billy Fish. Billy yeah. Fish. She's like an He's agent a booker. Or something. He's a, like, yeah. yeah, booker agent. So. Yeah. Just an all around asshole. He's right. oh, just the biggest asshole. dick. Yeah, so in order for Tom Cody to go get Ellen Aim back from the bikers that's, that abducted her, he just has to go pick up Rick Moranis and drive there. Well, the Rick Moranis <laughs> pays him to do it. Like, it's not, even though it's his ex girlfriend, he's like, you know. 
I'm not. So what? She's living with some other guy. What do, what do I care? And his sister's like, but well, you got to go like get her back and hooks him up with Rick Moranis. And so there's money involved. So he's a mercenary then at that point, then basically, right? It's like for this money, gun. he'll go he's get her back. Gun. But yeah. don't go making me feel any more feelings for her. <laughs> and he recruits this lesbian. <laughs> well, yeah, he finds he a, a soldier uh, who, uh, yeah, there's he's so she's like a mechanic. Always got to have like McCoy. a deputy person in El Dorado. It'd be Mississippi, Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> like and uh, it's Ricky Nelson in Rio Bravo. I was yeah. thinking they had that Ricky Nelson Dean Martin moment when. Uh, they're, they stop a fucking bus out of nowhere, and they're like, we're taking over this bus, you spade band, these black singers, you know? And there's the moment where they're sitting there doing their doo-wop or whatever, and everybody's just sitting there smiling. Even Rick Moranis is the only time he's smiling. It's like, this is a fucking Dean Martin, John Wayne. Like, they're listening to Ricky Nelson, and Dean Martin's like, boo-boo-boo-boo, uh-huh. like in the Western movie. And they're like, even John Wayne's having a cup of Joe, like, just like, smiling away at the fucking music <laughs> section of this movie you know <laughs> so actually yeah watch Rio Bravo if you need like a reference to some of the things in this movie some of the like well that's a western that has two like pop stars and they get to have a song because in the 60s or sub 50s or whatever every movie had a song you know you had to like well it's an all around entertainment yeah. movie thing. Yeah, you had yeah, comedy yeah. action song dance Romance, you know, you get to everything. Yeah. But this movie had too much bullshit, negative bullshit. Well, it's, uh, but see, I don't know. I, I didn't hate the movie as much as you did. So, you know. Well, it's because there was horrible actors doing what is supposed to be kind of a, uh, see, I don't want to say asshole or dickhead, but like, it's a very, uh, that whole 50s noir is very, uh, I just keep saying it's tough guy. I don't know what else. I mean, it's the yeah, tough, it's guy tough guy attitude. Everybody projects like a tough guy attitude. It's well, and it's it's the one voice tough guy where it, yeah. It, to me, it felt like these characters are aware that they're characters in a movie. You know, saying dialogue from a script. Like we're supposed to be from the oh 50s, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how they do it. Doll well, just face. the yeah, the delivery yeah. is. What do you mean by doll face? I see. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're ready. They're ready for the answer. But, yeah. but tell me how Sin City can do it, where Sin City knows how corny it is, being like, "You fool, you damn fool." Well, but Sin they do it. Yeah, good. but Sin City, Sin City has. Like actors, aware of, well, actors. but it, no, it has yeah. it has an awareness of itself that it it knows that this is kind of silly. But that's There's what this tried to, to do. I think. See, this played it more straight. I think, and that's that's I think Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis played this almost the same way he played uh, his character in Little Shop of Horrors, where hey, this is like set in the fifties. This is like this is how you do it. See, news in the march, you know. (laughs) It is kind of weird that characters show up and they just kind of spit dialogue at each other. Like, and it's all venomous kind of stuff. Yeah, who are you? Hey, what's it to you? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you got an attitude. I got an attitude too. (laughs) Nobody's like, why are you yelling at me? I just met you. What the fuck? There's like no like really. I mean, even Ellen Aim, who you think is going to be like the oh, gentle one well, of this group, like, is still like. So it's a to you, like because she's got a beef huh, that so the you, guy. You save me for money, is beef. it? I see how it is. Well, she's clearly like still in love with Tom Cody, right? I mean, yeah, so that's like the whole thing. It's like, and then he shows up, and it's like, oh, uh, and then it's like, what? 
you're only here because you're getting paid to do it. And then she hates him for like, you know, I think she said that at some point. Like, yeah, I well, hate you like for rescuing dialogue, me dialogue, for right? money. Yeah. The, she was a nothing character. She sang a song, got she's kidnapped, the, was tied to a object. bed, then like said like, you know, he saved me for money. That's it. I mean, she's like a nothing character. Yeah, she's the object of everyone. She is the MacGuffin of the yeah. movie. This sucks, <laughs> yeah. though. Like, I think this movie needed a 50s narration. It would have maybe given you a little bit more, like, if you felt what Cody was feeling, because he'd, like, he's too shut off to the audience. You don't know anything about Ellen, because she's, like, gone half the movie. Then, like, just, they're, like, carting around on buses in secret the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's like, you just, there's no character. There's, like, you just, I mean, he, like... What you get of her is he sits on a bed, takes out a picture, and you get, like, another flashback of her wearing the same fucking dress she wore when she got she kidnapped. Is, she is very foxy. So she had one dress back when he went to... He already went to war and, like, whatever. <laughs> she still wears that same dress. <laughs> and that's her his memory it's, of her. It's a very nice dress. It's, it has, like, it's, a red boob. Yeah, it's nice. It's got the <laughs> fingers cut off that's very, like, 80s. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the future. But it, we don't it, need demands, it demands <laughs> a red spotlight, you know? Yeah. I mean, because that's... That's how it works. Right. When you have that red spotlight, you're like, she's up there naked, half naked. Yeah. <laughs> but like, Anything else? No. I, I don't know. Well, it has this kind of, I mean, like, I always think about, like, you know, I guess one of the things I was thinking about this was, you know, that it, it it's a fetish movie where the director is, like, putting together all these influences that he likes from other stuff. Samurai and, and flying cars. Where it's like at the same time, like his contemporary, right? Like same age kind of is like George Lucas, right? George Lucas put together all this shit from his past and, you know, like the movie serials that he'd see and Flash Gordon and all these sci-fi influences and came up with Star Wars. Well, he also came up with American Graffiti, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he got that out of his system. But I mean, like, specifically, <laughs> specifically, because Star Wars even does, you know, uh, you know, it's it the has, Flash Gordon mixing with like Greek mythology. Yeah, but I mean, it even has George Lucas's like uh, fixation with speed. You know, the driving the stuff from Amer- American Graffiti is fascination with cars, right? Yes. This thing that propels you fast through time and space, right? I mean, all the Star Wars movies seem to have scenes with, you know, some kind right. of race or something that's going... Even in the later on movies, he designed speeders to look like old 50s cars. Right. Like, right. even that shit shows up then. Yeah, so it's like, so then you got Walter Hill, who's doing something similar, but, you know, it's like the mix doesn't come together as organically. I mean, the movie is supposed to take place in another universe, where it's this, you know, where it is the mix between like the fifties and the eighties and whatever, where rock stars are gods and you know, yeah, but see, and, like, yeah. like that was like, you know, like Warriors was like that same mix of like, you know, a world where L trains are the only means of transportation. Like, yeah, Warriors was like set in like an alternate universe too. Yeah, where all the gangs had like specific <clears throat> costumes and Yeah, it was like set in the seventies yet like Which is actually you know, tits, I like that. Like really kinda like a almost like a post apocalyptic type version of What's well, almost like Flash Gordon, how every planet oh here's the Hawkman, here's the Swamp people. Here's yeah. the uh, you know, it yeah. is that way where it's well, like different cultures are like represented like Crazily, where you could do that with Mexican, Asian, yeah, but instead of this, it's just blocks, city blocks, you know, there's different neighborhoods, which is like the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, am I wrong in seeing this as more like 
this is like an Odyssey movie. You know, it's like we're going to descend into Hades by basically going through like these different levels of hell and meet these. Not specifically that, but you know, you're going through. Like, I would say war is meet... like that, not this. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it does the same thing because he. Yeah, meets... This just does that whole like we got to where you know. The whole like getting through the city. There seems like to be like warriors. Almost like that Judgment Night. Thing. It's more of a focus on it, you know. I mean, obviously that's the whole movie, but this is okay, kind of. It? <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of uh, other stuff going on. There's the whole getting to that part of the city. It's it's not more about like getting back from the city, but even that they don't, or from the bombers Torches. place. Mm-hmm. But even that's not like the focus of the film. Because it's not so even. Much. Well, because in in the Warriors, there's the idea that the, they're being chased the whole way by the gang. Right. In this one, there's a really weird yeah. scene that kind of breaks that tension up, where Cody confronts Raven, which is Willem Dafoe's character, in the middle of the street. That was of fucking fire. Farted. And because uh, the street is on fire at that point for it reasons is. that you can't even get into. But it, well, and me, he, they well, have we'll this like standoff well, that feels like it's. Even, well, you know, you were like, this is out. this the end of the movie? Where he's like, I'm coming. Like, what's your name? Because they've, they've taken the girl. And Tom Cody's like sticking around. And he's like, you know, he's like, uh, Raven's like, I'm going to come for you. And I'm going to come for her. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back home now. And then it's like, well, they're going to show up eventually, but they're they're not hot on their heels. And there's like right. no presence of them almost in the whole movie. It's really just like, let's get on a bus. Let's stop here. Let's. Well, I guess they swap it for the cops. Talk to the. Yeah, they do. They like. Well, there's roadblocks, which is like. So, what are the cops in on it with the bombers? They're just like someone bombed Torchy's place. Yeah. Okay, so you got to fucking board up. Like you got to like. Yeah. Block all the roads. Yeah, find them. Someone bombed. I mean, the cops are in cahoots, obviously. They're getting paid off by these guys. I think they are from the bombers. Yeah, I mean, the bombers... They run run that part of the city. I mean, that's... Well, even if you just see it as, like, it's, uh, you know, they demolished... This crew came in and demolished part of the city and caused mass destruction. Probably killed a bunch of people. Locked off the road. Yeah, Yeah. the cops just want to find them. Yeah, but the, the they're definitely dirty cops because they were willing to take money from Rick Moranis at that point. I but. would definitely, if I were a good cop in that part of town, I would definitely look into the bombers' hideout because <laughs> <Right. laughs> there's All some the shit going seems on to there. Happen. People Around. seem to call it right the there. bombers' hideout. <laughs> the other thing I was curious about is, um, so you know, it, it it's clearly says at the beginning this is a rock and roll thing. Correct. It was a fable. We get the we get the rock and roll. But where does the fable come in? Do we the, learn a lesson? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Brett. Explain. Jeez. What lesson well, do you? Well, what Robert Zemeckis said at one point. Um, is that the idea that, that, that I, a fable is going to? Usually, a fable, like a fable, is a, a story that usually teaches you a moral lesson. Morality. Tale. I think a tale of morality. So this is a rock and roll tale of morality. So. I think everyone was a little bit softer by the end of it. You know, once they have the end uh, music video or the live performance, uh, Cody, even though I know he's, you know, he's the Western cowboy badass with the heart of gold, but... He has a heart of gold. He does have a heart of gold. That's he doesn't. He doesn't show no, he it does. all this whole movie. He, he doesn't does. show it once. He does. Where? He does. He throws he does. the money. He... He goes. Well, only after his girlfriend tells him no, it's wrong. That he doesn't said, make him he, a good he, person. He's doing it all about this money. Is wrong. And he's oh. doing it all about selfishness. 
and all she has the to do gang is say, of greasers, right? The bombers are taking over the city, but at the end, you know, the cops, they, you know, he blows the air horn, they come in, you know, William Defoe and the bombers show up in force. The cop is the only person to stand up against her, basically, like, I can't do it. And, like, where's, you know, and then he comes back yeah. to fight. Yeah. Like one against one, like him against this. Because army. he knew yeah. he had to. He set that up at the beginning when he talked to him. That's like this. That's why this movie's kind of pointless. To but me, he's not it's like, d- wait a second. They ended this movie at the beginning. Yeah, but this we sat around and kind of talked about. He's doing what it happened. to free the town. He's doing it to free the town from this onslaught of the bombers. This onslaught because of the bombers. at that that's point, not in the movie. He, he's not doing <laughs> that for. At that point, his character's not doing anything for. He's not doing a it for financial Ellen. gain. But that doesn't or matter Ellen. if. If, if I don't know, he's me, doing it I because guess, it's morally right. Since that girl told him how to do it, like I don't know, uh, if you're morally right, usually someone's just not like, "Hey, do what's right." Oh fuck! You know what's morally right is when he punches Ellen in the face <laughs> because he, he, you know, saying, this movie she's going to follow him back. It does things that it thinks are like. Oh, this is heroic. Oh, this is whatever. But it doesn't actually do it in the movie. It does like I can see what it's trying to do. Like, yeah, I'll punch the girl so she doesn't follow me. She can be safe. But it doesn't like play like that at all. It's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go now to go do the thing. Hey, how about? It's just like punches. It's like it doesn't build up that sort of tension. Yeah, but I think it it played that way to me. I mean, I got what they were trying to do. I think because you're familiar with the tropes that you're seeing the tropes and you're just playing that in. The movie itself doesn't do it. I kind of agree. It's a little thin it's in, in, in what it's trying to thin. do there. But did I think, you get that when you watched it? <sighs> but it's the tropes, right? You know what the I, I mean, to I do. kind of agree with Travis. It kind of, I think we kind of fill in those parts. I, I, I don't think the movie says it. I don't... I, but watching this, I, can, I, bo- I believe... You can infer it. You can put that into it. You can be like, oh, there's doing this. Because we've seen it 50 million times in other movies. Sure. We can just kind of put that in. Like, oh, this is why he's doing it. We're, maybe the movie, I don't think, is saying it. I don't know. I I think this Cody character, like, just right from the whole rescue, I I believe that he would have done this anyways had there not been money involved. Well, that's because you know he's a hero. You're filling him in those roles. But the movie itself does not portray that character at all. He's just, hey, yo, I'm going to go back to my hometown. <laughs> Michael Parade does but no, play like a low rent There's that moment when he's on the roof waiting for you know everybody to get to their spots before they like somehow synchronize this. <laughs> rescue. They're brilliant that in that. So bullshit. It's a military operation. They're brilliant. But but while he's waiting, he's on the roof, kind of watching these bombers do tricks out in the back, and he looks and he can see Ellen through the window. And there's that like if he does act in this movie, it's in that scene because like he kind of gives this look like this remembering i think tom even said you know it's his masturbatory remembering uh, yeah he did another masturbating remembering scene because like what he put what he pulled he put it so much more eloquently than you did oh my god it's like there's this scene like the first scene we talked about this where he took out the picture no it was after that when he's that was the the masturbatory scene well that's the first one one. but there's another one when he's on the roof when he's on the roof he's looking through the window 
He sees her. I'm like, uh oh, oh, it's gonna go into another masturbation. But what it that is? Make it seemed like there was this big love story between Cody and Ellen, and there fucking wasn't. Yeah, there, because yeah. they told you there was. There You're is. To, there isn't though. It's not it, it, in no, the movie. It is. It's a in tragedy. Your head there is. It's a tragedy. Yeah, it's though. a tragedy. I, I agree with tra- him. It's supposed it, to be because it's supposed I'm an to be a tragedy. And you're a stagecoach girl. You got to be off around making your things, doing the famous things. That's not my lifestyle. But I'm I think it's I think it's a man. tragedy because he loved her. He's still in love with her, but he he's feels not, that he though. can't. No, he's still in love with her. That's he why he stayed with her. That's why he goes no. to rescue her. He puts his life. He in doesn't danger go to rescue her. her. He just goes to his sisters, and then I guess in a scene I like blink through <laughs> the the sister says, "Oh yeah, you should save your ex girlfriend." Oh okay. I guess I could do that. Well, yeah, but wait. Explain to me more how, because you're onto something, maybe, about it being no a tragedy. It's and a if tragedy. The, if the character would have done this on his own, let's explore. It's, how now, you know this. Well, I'm going to bring in other movies, even though that's oh. feeding <clears throat> Travis's <throat> argument. My point. <laughs> but it's the idea that had these characters, you know, and they did meet in a different point in time, but right now in their life, yeah, they're in love with each other, but they just can't make it work. Because she wants to stay on the road doing her music, and well, he's not going to be a, you know, he says it, he's not going to be carrying around her guitar. You know, that's not his But she's all for it. DNA. She's all willing to dump Rick Moranis and go out and kiss him in the street. She loves him. He only left for the army. She's like, you were gone for however long. How yeah. am I supposed to mean, okay, that one scene, that part was like an okay little synopsis of the relationship, which should have been at the beginning of the movie or somewhere in between here. But... <laughs> But so she shows her love for him. He's just—I don't know what his problem. Yeah, he's just being a. I'm a dude. You gotta be around to iron my pants. And if you want to go be a singer, and you're not gonna be there to iron my pants, actually, that might be. I can't be. That may be his character. (laughs) That's what it is. Because that's the Western character. That's why in Rio, I always go back to Rio Bravo. In Rio Bravo. That's why John Wayne keeps shoving that girl like, aren't you on that stagecoach yet? She's like, well, I don't know, JT. I'm all confused. <laughs> and you Because, you know, it's the whole... I mean, that's it's a Western trope that well, she's the stagecoach girl that you can't love a girl like that because, yeah, she's gone off. Yeah, she's and he's the go gunfighter in his world and her world don't mix. But, but the tragedy it. is that they are in love anyway in right. spite of that. Right. Well, the whole... That's a tragedy because they can't be together. Right. Yet he goes and rescues her and defends the town but the for her in her name. But yeah. I mean, it's all about, it's it's a love that he can't have. But that's not in the movie. It is. It, it, is, it is in, in the, the movie. movie. It's not. I think it is. What the, that's what the movie's about. <laughs> it's it's like, because we know there's rock and roll going on. You're we've seen, we've seen the same movie a hundred times. Defoe wearing We're garbage just, bag. We put it in suspenders. <laughs> I don't know if it's in the movie. I don't. Know, the beats for it kind of feel weak. They're fucking they're weak there, as they're fuck. Weak. I will agree it's in the movie, but it's weak as fuck and it doesn't play good at all. Yeah. Like I've seen a million different movies where I've actually felt the character's relationship i didn't feel in this no, not, not until that last scene where she's not like saying. you've been gone for how long but that was already like 20 minutes to the end of the movie that's too late to have my interest in the relationship start i'm not saying that the movie doesn't have problems it has problems right it has problems and 
you know, I mean, the acting oh, is God. part of the, is, is a large part <laughs> in part of the, 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 the seemed, problems. Again, I think that was intentional. I think it, they were directed yeah, to be I'm intentional, like, sure, but does yeah. it, it is it a good idea? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the bad acting is done on purpose, definitely. But it is is his flaw. I mean, I think this movie had it. Had this movie had uh, major actors, at least, at least like your hero be a major actor, oh, yeah. and have you know? actual license, like more licensed music. Because the deputy, I think, was really uh, like a, a success. The a mechanic huge success. girl, she wasn't too bad. But Amy Madigan, her character. That that part was McCoy. actually, I think, written McCoy. to be a man. Oh sure. Oh, but she wasn't I mean, it's bad. McCoy, it's like she a... wasn't bad. Willem Dafoe wasn't bad, and Diane Lane wasn't too bad. So you had three actors out of the whole cast that weren't too bad. Michael Pere was just off of Eddie and the Cruisers. anybody? anybody I don't know. Okay. I heard of it. <laughs> yeah, another bad eighties fucking movie with bad writing. Yeah, I mean it's it. The the movie has. I think I think the movie it has a lot of potential and like. As like a concept and as a, as like a, a as an outline of a movie and, and a, as a concept, like I really like this movie. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that I really like. It does have problems, which keeps it from being a really good movie. But yeah. and part of that problem is the kind of I mean the characters. Oh, there's a lot of exposition. A lot of exposition. I mean, like, there's a lot. There's more exposition than there is action. It should be more actually. Of a, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this because none of the expositions are actually about the relationship that you should care about. Right, right. It's about the plot. It's about where we got to go next and what has to happen next, and we got to do this. Oh, geez, and, I used to book a lot of places for him. See, I think the other problem but, is, as far as the acting goes, it's never. There are no ups and downs with these characters. No one ever gets excited. No one ever gets low. They are all angry, just angry, <laughs> and it's the straight line throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. Like I think I would have felt more had they felt more. Yeah. You know, had they been, you know, certain situations. Had gotten more dire. Somebody would have gotten excited and yelled. Well, yeah. Just something what, acted a bit more, but there on wasn't the, that. On the characters sh- and, and the morality lessons, rather than trying to like explain like. But what Sean's talking about is a failed intention or direction by the director. He wanted he this. Mm-hmm. Co-wrote it. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Well, yeah. He. He. You know. He wants. He wants the stereotype, but at the same time, but he wants. You don't get the emotional acting yeah, with right. the stereotype. Yeah, but I mean, like, you look it, past, and that might be why uh, Sin City works. But you look at because Frank Miller writes like, like Warriors. yeah, because you get both. Yeah. What would you say, Tom? You look at his previous work in Warriors, and that movie like is like just like stereotype. Well, yeah, those are yeah, stoic like, characters, I, also. I, mean, I, I think that's what that great at, like. But is that what? Because uh, I mean, maybe that's. You know, I'm trying to think like other Walter Hill movies that I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I, I think maybe I saw Extreme Prejudice. I saw Forty Eight Hours. Obviously, oh. I, I think he's interested in those kind of like stoic. You know, it's the Nick Nolte character from Forty Eight Hours, right? It's like nothing. The world doesn't touch me. I'm like my own yeah, man, yeah. and I'm, you know. But yeah, it is kind of you know it's when you have every single character yeah, acting that way that is the yeah, world that he it's almost the superhero like I can't let anybody get close to me because well in this situation because he, he doesn't want him to get hurt yeah by the end of it it's a comic but I mean it's a comic yeah movie. and well, at the same time he can never get hurt too much in that because yeah you're supposed to know 
You're supposed to know, hey, the cop knows I can't let a girl get close to me because she can never live in my lifestyle. But the cop's supposed to be sad about it. You're supposed to let the audience know the cop wants it, but... Wait, he didn't look sad the whole way through the movie? The whole movie. movie. Well, maybe he's <laughs> maybe just that's a horrible why, actor. But, no, but maybe that's why he was cast, is because his face looks all depressed. He just depressed looks like a heroin addict. I think he looks like a heroin addict. He looks strung out in this movie. He's got the little, like, bags under his eyes. All right, well, here's a thing, a thought that occurred to me. Like, I remember, like, this is, you know, because I saw this movie years and years ago. And watching it again now, it was like, I think the problem with this movie is that it's an action movie that, like, doesn't have any big action set pieces. That's true. You know, he and, shoots up the alley. Well, I was watching it again at night, and it's like, it comes out of the gate roaring. And, I mean, it's like, there's... Right, there's it has a, awesome, awesome first 15 minutes. But there's a lot of, like, fist fighting and people being thrown through. Because, I mean, like, right off the bat, like, there's, you know, she gets abducted. Tom Cody comes home, goes to the diner where his sister's at, then... Punk show up there, and he's got a fist fight. Them. And he fights with a coat hanger, which is awesome, <laughs> or a, a coat stand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh, like oh. the Departed, coat right? Yeah, yeah. It was coat, fucking coat, stupid. Yeah. That scene pull was off the worst. Switchblades. Like, oh, there's like seven <laughs> yeah. people, a seven person gang. He just takes on with a fucking coat rack. I'm like, this movie sucks. <laughs> and, well, and you got to carry one of them out by his his you know belt and throws him out on the streets. Kind of like, don't yeah. come back in here anymore. Embrace yeah. his sisters, his Maybe poor it sisters. Been window. Three people. Like that's why Back to the Future smart. You gotta only have three people. But this guy's a tough guy. You gotta, you gotta set it up right. that he's a but tough there's still, guy. But nobody place. can yeah. kick seven people's asses. That's <laughs> just not true. But this is another time. And not another even place. with Rebel Without a Cause. I don't think fucking anybody seven, kicked seven people's asses. Well, did you guys get that sensation, or was it an action, you know, no, it was, was it an action movie? It was not an action movie. No, not an action movie. I, like, no. had a bunch of explosions of shooting motorcycles and cars and shooting up an alleyway. That was it. It was yeah. almost like they somebody took the storyline and just, like, shifted where the movie plays, you know? like So you're, you're not quite getting the traditional, like, storytelling approach. Like, yeah, I, I want to say it's like a rescue movie, but it's not. Because yeah, after yeah. they rescue her, there's still... There's nothing... Once they rescue her, what's at stake? They rescued her. And it's supposed to be like the let's hold the fort feel. Yeah. But it's a whole city. What the fuck is there to hold the fort? That's it, right? Yeah, but there's no emergency to that. Yeah, I don't feel like like they're not like, usually in a Western, they're in the jail, right? And they're looking out the windows. Right, they would would get her, go back, and they would immediately, like you said, close the windows, wait it out. go to the hotel. I'm I'm starting to go back to to Rio Bravo right now. I'm telling you. No, I'm right there with you. Watch a Western. Watch Rio Bravo. And that is what this fucking movie. I'm right there. Even with though you. Western's not about rescuing a girl, but just the idea of like where they went well, it's wrong. The with this movie. Or it's not the same uh, thing. But it's a. It's. I see what it is. It's like the gang is the Indians, right? Yeah. That come into town and take the girl well, away, the Indians, and then the guys got to put his posse yes, together the to go bring her back. And then at the end, it's like the outlaws of the yeah. you know whatever the villains are going to follow them back to the town. But you need a location to be like hold the fort. You need a location that you know the bad guys are coming for, but it's not some like right, in the m- middle of the street somewhere. That uh, well, no, there's the one scene where Willem Dafoe's like, "All right, cops, like fucking do something, justice." Uh, what they yeah, picked he, on a time goes, or something? They're like, yeah, "Meet me at the bridge, yeah. three p.m." Yeah, they, he did that. <laughs> he meet me at the flagpole. We're gonna the, fight. The, the gangster actually clears it with the cops. Yeah, like, make it okay that, like, you know. I only yeah. bring in two of my guys. Just so yeah, I'm honorable. <laughs> and I want Tom Cody. Yeah. I want Tom. But they, they had that, t- like, once they, like, 
rescue uh, Ellen, and then it's the, the it turns into like the Warriors, like yeah, they the, got to like, get back out of the battery. scene, and like yeah, they even do like. You know, get on the train again, ride the train, having like get on the bus. Oh, there was a shot. There was a shot where they were like, where all of them were running, you know, to get to the bus. And then I'm like, wow, this looks exactly like a similar shot in the Warriors. And at that point, also, I was like, Jesus Christ! So like three people went in, and there's like 15 people now in their group, like trying to catch this train. I'm like, what has happened? Because Baby Doll just kind of tags along. She just tags along, like, oh, I love you. They meet her in like 80s neon neighborhood but that's you know one of the things about this movie that i do like and think that's cool is the you know the visual mashup of these different you know they have some uh, really i i think they have some really cool transitions it's some that, yeah. cuts the, yeah. the, walter hill they, likes his transitions he cuts the transitions and they're set really, to music yeah. the beat yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a sketch wipe like yeah the screen like breaks apart and then sketches away. That's like a, a cartoon, like much like the Warriors or a comic book. But the Warriors, yeah, it is comic book. Yeah, well, yeah it was like comic the... book where it was actually broke up into comic books. Yeah. Yep. And you were saying about the music, but I think oh, you're giving music, it. You're giving it away with it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, the music. Nice. I I actually like the music in the this music quite crazy. enough to get the soundtrack album. You like but, this movie more than like. <laughs> well, maybe, but that's what you're saying. It's horrible. Well, you know, it's it like is. well, it's a personal preference. Well, I'm on well, the other I'm side of this and thinking right. I know, but that's what I'm just saying. I think that you know, there's uh, there's some 80s stuff, then there's some 50s uh, barroom stuff. But the 50s then barroom stuff is still that 80s shitty. That's what the yeah, problem with uh, that George just Thurgood. Like, and the destroyers is they don't the, go the type enough of, towards. You know, they're only music. placating the '80s. They're not going enough towards. I'm fine with that. Right? They're, I mean, the 80s. Fine they're with supposed that. to be placating the '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's, like it's the in worst, the '80s it's trying an to be '80s movies. Give music yeah. for I'm that, one of those people that, that defends it when people say '80s music sucks. But this movie, the music in this movie, is why people say '80s music. Uh, sucks. I think you're wrong. And it's I a think really generic. Like the music. Did we mention that the Meatloaf guy wrote? This? No, I was just no, going to do that. His yeah. name's Jim Steinman, and he wrote uh, most of Meatloaf's uh, stuff. And what do we say? Totally, like, totally clips of the totally, heart. Yeah, totally clips of the heart. Bonnie well, Tyler yeah. and something else. And he only they all like had two, that feeling. Two songs, in, two or three songs. In this, he did the opening one, the Nowhere Fast, and the end one tonight. And the rest is looks like you would never hear. You never heard it. It's the most generic, just like. They have the Pulp Fiction song in there. Yeah, okay, so this is it's the score by Ry Cooter. Because uh, okay. Walter Hill uses Ry Cooter like in all of his fucking movies. But yeah, he's got like this kind of like It's like a surf. Yeah, like what is it? Like I don't know how like electric slide guitar or some shit like that. It's it's that it's like doesn't he doesn't Quentin use it? Yeah, I think so. He uses it in the uh, when they go to Jackrabbit Slims, right? And there's the awkward silence. She's like, don't you hate that? Is it that same track? That's the same track. Same track. Same track. Same thing. Same track. Yeah, the Jackrabbit Slim. And it's used in this when the bombers come back to town to fight. The cops, the town, yeah. Cody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, just, dug, I, I love eighties music. I love music. I thought. Oh, did you? Well, how did you guys? What did you guys think of the music? I liked it. I'm a fan of Meatloaf, so I obviously am a fan. We only did two songs. This music. What about the rest of the music? I like, I, even though it, I, I like the you know like the fifties doo wop whatever the fuck it was at the 
at the uh, uh, strip club, weird strip club thing at, at torches. The Bombers. At Torches. Torches. Yeah. Thank you. And then I love that song from Pulp Fiction, which is from this. Yeah. <laughs> but And the I Can Dream About You. The like, Yeah. The little music. I like yeah. that. that yeah. song. I like the music. It's just a naturally good song. When that's on the radio, I turn it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's from Streets of Fire. I Can Dream About You. Tom liked the music. Did you like the music? I did. Yeah. I did like the music. I was wow, I was bobbing my head. Crazy. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Again, I mean, I'm a fan of Meatloaf too. Serious. I like this music. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Well, we keep it saying Meatloaf because he wrote the Meatloaf music. Yeah, he, but, but when you're listening to this, songs. it sounds like Meatloaf could be singing oh, these right. songs. That guy just can only write one type of song. <laughs> it's got to be like. But but some people like that stuff. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you go. I like it, but too much of it. It's just like I said. The same thing. It's only two songs. It's not. It's not one. You go to an architect because you want your house built in a certain style. A famous architect always builds his stuff with a certain that you can pick it out, right? Yeah, that's but that the doesn't same mean you gotta like everything they do. You can still just be like, oh, it's a. Another song that sounds like that. <laughs> right. I, I, well, I don't. I don't. Wow, it's enough. another Coldplay song. I appreciate it. Like I liked it. I like it, but I do agree with Travis that it is exactly the same. Just exactly the same. Like, just like, switching out lyrics. It's just. Like, it's just <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to like. It's it's such a strong yeah. style that like. When you hear it, it's like, that's meatloaf. You it's know? just like, like people that copy John Williams, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody in the 80s is like, yeah, like... You know, it's just like... We call this song copyright infringement. That was actually... I was actually singing Masters of the Universe by Bill Conti, the guy that did Rocky. And he had a rip-off John Williams song. It's like, fuck, he wrote Rocky. He's totally, he's talented, but he even ripped off, like, you know, it's one of those songs. It's the same with, like, film composers or anybody. It's like, I want my movie to sound like Hans Zimmer did it. So we'll get Hans Zimmer to do it. Yeah, you know? sometimes like, that's not a good thing. It's a lot of percussion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I dug it. I dug, dug the music. Yeah. That's horrible. That was I horrible. Would, uh, if you're like me, I would take that album for a spin upstairs. <laughs> I'd put right. it on the turntable. All right. I can get what? you. What? No way. You would not listen to that. I would, it was, <laughs> you're out of your I fucking would, No, I would take that vinyl. I, I, I guarantee we put it on number vinyl. one. By I number two or three, you're like, no, I just want the vinyl. I'd be like, no, no, we're listening to the whole thing. No, I don't know. I don't want the CD. I the vinyl with, just stick with, on every now and then. I'm that. like on the yeah. lunch, and he, he's rocking that soundtrack numerous times. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, he likes trick or treat. He likes fast way. Yeah, good, never good stuff. The man that likes fast way. That's what I says. <laughs> One of the greatest unsung rock bands unsung of the 1980s. In parentheses. Yeah. Yep. So, so, yeah. Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire. The streets. Streets of Fire reminds me. Like, every time I think of this, I think of. I can't help but think of Streets of Rage. Anybody there with me on Streets of Rage? It does have a similar title. Is that a video game? about? Familiar with streets <laughs> of streets of rage. What, 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 what streets of molten lava. It should have been streets, streets of fire. Streets of fire. Yeah. Oh, streets of fire. Hey. Streets of fire. Like A apostrophe. <laughs> yes. Streets of fire. Like streets chariots. of fire. Yes. Chariots, chariots of fire. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, is it chariots of fire or not chariots no, of fire? It's all fire. It is all fire. <laughs> all fire. <laughs> chariots <Take> of fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's a funny joke, actually. To name something Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. <laughs> oh, you mean, no, 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 this is a fire. Not, not a fire. It's a fire. That's totally different. That's funny. Different. So, well, uh, there's a sequel. To this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a sequel. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> okay, so one of the past freak show alumni directors was uh, Albert Pun. You remember? You may remember him from such awesome films as Mean Gun. Ah, yeah. For a second there, I thought you were talking about somebody who had actually been on the podcast. I'm like, what the fuck? Somebody was on this podcast made that movie. He had a movie on. No, he had a movie on. Yes. I'm like, Grant, what the fuck did you do? Why did you make a sequel? To be fair, any one of us could have made that movie in a week. We all have access to a big green screen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we yeah. watched the trailer. The movie itself is not out. It's called Road to Hell. See, Streets of Fire, Road to Hell. Road yeah. to Hell. What's the third one going to be? But they got back. So this is like oh, this movie. Oh, it's Bad Out of Hell. That's made oh, it. there it is. Huh? Huh? Uh, okay. But from what we can Sorry, tell, guys. it stars Claire Kramer, who was Glory in Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 6. Holy shit. Yeah, okay, this. I was just pulling that out of nowhere. And they got back Michael Pere. Deborah, Deborah Van Valkenburg. <laughs> 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 was there somebody else from the first one in that? No, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah. No, wait, the, the Van, Van Klurgen Rizza. That's what Deborah Van Valkenburg. Valkenburg, yes. Valkenburg. But it looks like the worst thing that you've oh, ever seen. It looks better than the first one, though, I gotta admit. Oh, oh fuck oh. off. <laughs> I hated this movie. I can't oh. believe it. Say what you want about the film. It looked good. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some good photography. They had, yeah, they had really good white guys. I mean, compared it was Universal, to, right? Universal '84. They knew yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, was, yeah. that was their big budget thing. Still a comedy I mean, movie. Compared <laughs> to that, you got this Road to Hell thing, which obviously it's like a fan film. It's like a fan film that happened to get the star. Yeah, get the, yeah, get the original stars back. And it's fan like, film of so many years, streets it just of gets fire. Which the demand is so high. But that's, that's it's not high. That blows it's rich my board mind. people. Rich board people. That blows my mind that somebody out there sat there and was like, Tom Cody rides off into the sunset at the end of this movie. I wonder what he did next. Let's make Road to Hell some 29 years later. We don't have any money for this because there's no demand for this movie. I still want to do it. Green okay? screen it. Well, you got to do it in front of a Make green it screen. look like natural born killers. <laughs> Get some strippers. Well, Get some strippers. We'll put them on cars. Put it out in the desert. Take a Diane Lane. So we got to make it her daughter. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, from what I saw, it does have. Some of the reprisals of some of the music from Streets of Fire. So just to be clear, Ellen... Probably illegal. The character Ellen named her daughter Ellen as well. Apparently so. Or is she just going under that pseudo name? I have no idea. Well, you can't pair your 50, 60-year-old guy up with a... Well, Diane Lane wouldn't do it, obviously, so... Oh, fuck. Right. She was just a Superman? <laughs> so, he gotta go and have uh, <laughs> some younger girl who looks just like her mother, basically. I don't know. Not fucking close. Sorry. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Street Well, real quick, I, I want to point out... I want to point out that the Cody's sister's diner was the diner from Back to the Future. Hey, wasn't she the girl yeah, was from Warriors? Wasn't his sister the whore from I think Warriors? so, yeah. 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 And we also sure think that the... Uh, one of the, what the L train driver may have been the voice oh, yeah. on the radio. Uh, Mar- I think her name is oh, Marge. Yeah. Isn't that boy is sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was. She was definitely the voice, and she's done tons. Well, of yeah, stuff. she's done tons. Of Aside stuff. from where in the world yeah, is Carmen Sandiego? Oh yeah, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I seen her from. 
<laughs> junior <laughs> investigators or whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Awesome. Wow. I was wondering, I couldn't place it. I was trying so hard. I'm like, God, where the fuck is she from? Yeah, yeah like, that voice. Yeah, Carmen San Diego, dude. Carmen San Diego. Wait, are you talking about just like just like no, the, the the black chick? <laughs> Did we say that the voice of that? Uh, what's e- e- G, uh, Elizabeth Daly? E. G. Oh, yeah. Daly is in this. Who was <clears throat> back in the day? She's a singer. Um, she's an actress. Awesome. But what I happen to know her from is she's the voice of Tommy Pickles in Rugrats. Yes, that's <laughs> just right, happens yeah. to be what I know she's from. That's now funny. her character in this movie, Baby like, Doll, was pointless. Was, yeah, she. Well, they go through a territory that's like it's like the eighties. I mean, everybody's in eighties. This territory. It's called the 80s. Yeah. And there's neon lights <laughs> everywhere. And, and there's TVs. Lights. And, and TVs. And oh, and right. Shit. Yeah. And they're, and they're showing, and, and like the TV is showing a music video yeah. of Ellen singing. Yeah. I must have blinked. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's so weird. They showed it a couple times. You're yeah. like, wait. Wait, wait. Is she? Is Ellen singing again? But her wait, singing is so powerful that it's almost like a live performance, oh, even though it's on yeah. television. It's a music video. Everybody's, but everybody's like standing outside the store looking at the TV to watch the music video. And, yeah, yeah. And are they dancing in the street in the movie or on the TV? I can't remember. In this, I think they're in the street. <laughs> they're they're actually in yeah. the street. In the story, yeah. I can't remember where they were. It looked like a bazaar. That's why everybody's yeah. freaking it's like out. Outside it's bizarre. It's just like those... in like Blade Runner or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's one of those places bizarre. where you can feel that it's a set. It's like outside, but you. It, <laughs> oh, definitely. Like it's indoors. Yeah. You know, those buildings are like five feet thin. Yeah, yeah. 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 And this girl, Did we talk about how this blonde girl. Like future diner? I just yeah. said that like two seconds. <laughs> 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 I'm like not thinking about Streets of Fire anymore. I need this to be over. My saying that made you think of the sister reference that you made. <laughs> Go back and listen. <laughs> but so this character, this this character <laughs> called Baby Doll, like just kind of gloms on, glom, glom, glom. glom. No, nope, we're going with glom, glom, gloms on glom. to no the group. Glob. Glom, that's oh, yeah. no, glom. glom. Yeah, we looked it up. It is glom. Glom, you glom on. Yes, yeah. glom. So she just kind of like she's like you're Ellen Aim, and from that point on, she just kind of hitches a ride with these people. And it's like, what in the holy hell? I love the fact that when they then go and uh, they, because we need wheels. I mean, they had perfectly good wheels. They had to leave those for reasons that only the movie I can know. explain. But they they abduct this uh, traveling group of the, what are they called? The, the Sorrells. The Sorrells, the traveling music group. And it's like, I got a gun. So, you know, we're taking over this bus. And once they get on the bus, Shit, man, all right. everybody's like, well, we're cool with this. And it's like, where are we going? Yeah, we just need a gig. Yeah, and we're like, they're fine. With the idea that they've been abducted. They're meeting a pop star. Yeah. You know? Rick Moranis is hooking them up with a gig. Well, after that. They don't know that at the time. They know when they sing. I just want to let you know that that this heart of gold, uh, like, cowboy guy you guys refer to has stole two cars in this movie. Yeah. Steals two cars. Just stole one because of no reason. Uh, they, stole the, the guy, second one because it's an emergency. No, he, he wins that one because he kicks the punk's asses and they have to lose This is true. It. This is back in the day where if you got your ass kicked, you did lose <laughs> like, your car. Like, like, you only lost your rules. fucking papers in a race. I'll agree. That's the papers. car was kicking those people's asses. Yeah, because they rode in on it. They didn't like, go into their car after they got their ass kicked. No, they ran away. Let's get out of here. They were gone. Like, fuck it, leave the car. Leave the car. Oh, my God. We're going to walk home. Sense. It's all about style. Yeah, it's it about it. style. It's about no substance. It style. Well, style. It's a lot of style. A lot of not, style. I wish it had more style and more rock and roll. Style, rock <laughs> and roll. This movie blows. 
<laughs> well, we, we can skip Travis. Yeah, Travis up. is gonna have a really <laughs> short wrap up. I think. Yeah, yeah too. I think he's had his wrap up like five times already. <laughs> Should we do wrap ups? Yeah, yeah. Wrap ups on Streets of Fire starts with Sean. Streets of Fire. Um. Uh. Ooh. I don't know. Like this movie, kind of. I think it kind of played kind of in parts right down the middle, and that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm kind of right down the middle on this movie. I like the music. Um, but the acting is just kind of, like I said, it's kind of one beat for every character in this. So it's hard. Um, I'm going to say that I would take that vinyl home and I would listen to it again. But you would not. I would. You're lying. But I wouldn't watch this movie again. I don't think. And Did I, you recommend it to people? Uh, see, that, that was a hard one. I don't know. I don't... I don't... Dude, you got to see Streets After of Fire. After 20 seconds, it's a no. No. No, there you, you go. Wish someone to see <laughs> there you go. No, because I would never walk up and like, you should see Streets of Fire. Yeah. Nah, no, you know what might eat. be a cool You movie. should come over nah. and watch it with Fire. me. You should watch Warriors <laughs> nah. instead, right? Definitely watch Warriors instead. I mean, if you have to pick between the two <laughs> yeah, movies, two cool. Walter Hill movies I know, yeah, go ahead and go with Warriors. But nah, I don't think I can recommend this movie. Uh, I like parts of it, but yeah, it kind of just leaves me flat in most of the other parts. Like, okay, if I would have been sitting home watching this movie, like, 15 minutes, it would have been out. Like, I just saw this coming from a mile away. It's like, Jesus Christ, I see what they're trying to do. I appreciate what they're trying to do. It sounds like a good idea. It looks good, but everything falls flat right in his face. The guy's not a heroic character. Guy's not likable. You don't know anything about these characters. You're supposed to care about him rescuing somebody when you really don't know anything about anybody at this point. You just see a bunch of motorcycle guys pick up a girl, run off, and you're supposed to care about a guy coming into town with suitcases and going to get her. Why? Why? Just because you're telling me this is the main character so you care? That's bullshit to me. Uh, Rick Moranis was fucking sucky in it. Yeah, I think we all wanted to punch him. I've never seen him in a movie. I don't like him in Parenthood. I love Rick Moranis in anything. But this movie blows with him in it. Everything. The music in this movie fucking blows. Uh, I like 80s soundtrack. I'm a child of the fucking 80s. Uh, uh, but this is some of the most generic 80s, just generic 80s uh, music I've ever heard. Ever, just ever. And it's... I hate for like the first 20 minutes, the music's just driving. It's just... And nothing's going on. Just It's like, man, I got a headache by the fucking, like... By the time the music slowed down, it's like, oh my god, I need a break on that. Just because nothing's happened yet, and it's just been a... So I fucking pass on this movie. I When I heard about this movie tonight, I'm like, man, it's from 1984, and I'm pretty sure I've seen everything like worth seeing from the 80s. I've never heard of this movie. There's got to be a reason. I've seen this cover a lot. I do like the... I don't, is that the poster? Or is yeah, that yeah, just the album? No, it's the poster. I, oh, the poster's that? awesome. I've always loved that poster. That's the one thing I've got to say about this movie. Got a good poster, good design. It'll be on our Facebook. Good com package. Page. Good package work to this. <laughs> but, oh, this movie sucks. It just sucks. I understood where it was going. I get it. I get it. I appreciate the thought, but they weren't like genuine enough. It's like, if you want to have a hero cowboy, have a hero cowboy. Don't try to have this badass anti-hero dude and make him somebody you care about. Like, he doesn't. if he doesn't have a heart of gold, don't try to pass it off later. Hey, he has a heart of gold. It's like, it don't work, you know? It's like, it just doesn't work. You gotta give a little. 
You can't just, like you said, well, I guess what everybody's saying, that that one stream of emotion just doesn't work for anything. just doesn't work. You don't get to know somebody. You don't get to see the private moments and the public, like, who he is with this person versus who he is with this person, who he is in, by himself, who he is with his sister. So, I mean, without that, you got nothing. You just got a bunch of people being like, hey, doll, hey, damn, fuck you, you know, why? what are you doing here? So, yeah, fuck this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> Well, I, I liked it more than Travis did. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think that there are a couple of reasons to see this movie. I mean, it's got, like, the super hot Diane Lane. Uh, I really enjoyed all the music. I mean, I think the music from that era is, like, really good. Uh, um, I think the visual style of the movie and the concept, you know, I mean, it's unique and it's interesting to me. Even the, the dialogue delivery, you know, for a while. Okay, so I got to, you know, kind of contain this it's like for a while it's like you're kind of listening to it and you're like that's an interesting rhythm of what they're doing this is clearly like something that we're doing an homage to some earlier era but a little bit of that does kind of go a long way and they just keep going at it and they're using you know and i can't believe i'm saying this but you know like usually i like dialogue in place of action but this dialogue doesn't seem to drive anything. It's like it's kind of like they're always spinning their wheels and explaining what they're doing right now, what, <laughs> yeah. what they're going to do in the very next scene. They're just bitching yeah. at each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I'll, I'm forgiving the acting, which I think is very wooden because I think they're supposed to be stoic. You know, so I think I get what the director's going for. Uh, but I think the the negatives in this movie, unfortunately, do outweigh the positives. I mean, the, there are no characters. The characters are all like the same, you know, same voice. It's the same, you know, thing. Uh, the I think the thing that breaks it for me is it's the structure where, and I, I kind of liked actually the fact that it, you know, it, like Travis was saying, it has that music and the up tempo for like twenty minutes. It kind of carries you along. I didn't get tired of it like he did. You know, I was like swept along on it and it has like a high energy opening and somewhere within like the first i mean it's went after the um after the raid at torchies so what are we saying like 45 minutes into the movie Ooh, uh, like 20 minutes yeah that happened right away i was like I well no i that mean they get the torch they actually have rescued her and there's that standoff between raven yeah and that's pretty Tom quick Cody. And i'd say 25 minutes in maybe yeah. well it seems like the credits were like 25 minutes yeah <laughs> so i mean like it had to be at least another 20 minutes after that that's why i'm going with like 40 minutes Somewhere around there, the movie like loses its momentum, and th- at that point, it's like uh, it, it just it does kind of seem like there's all these contrived meetings of like there's a roadblock, and then we got to go do this, and then you know the hero and the heroine have to be reconciled, and there's a bunch of like it feels like arbitrary things happening, and it's kind of like you're sucking all the wind out of you know the forward momentum, and I think it is because like we were talking about earlier that they 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 take the threat away. There's no immediacy. The, the bad guys aren't chasing them back. It's like, I'm going to come around someday. This isn't over. Right. I'm going to come and get you so you it's have just, all this time it, to like, deal with like, the they climax. Sh- they hang up for a little bit. They should have, like, you know, like not rescued her to the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, the whole something. movie should have been just, a quest to yeah, rescue her. But I think her. You, could, you could still do it where, I think, you know, you could do it where it takes more to find her because they knew where she was. Like, there wasn't even any question about that. The <laughs> heroes know exactly where they're going, so it's not like you're going yeah. into hostile territory and trying to find, like, Escape from New York. Well, that's because right? the, the bad guys are the, they're checking in with the cops. They're like, hey, we're going to have her here just in case anybody's asking <laughs> yeah. where she's at. Come and get her. You know, <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, yeah, Escape from New York's a better version of that kind. Of, yeah, but you know, I mean, yeah, I think that's the the structural problem with it that kind of kills me. It's like if you would cut the movie right there and say for this forty minute movie is like pretty cool there's cool shit happening i mean i like the mix up of the 80s and the 50s and the, you know all that stuff i mean that's cool the look of it's cool uh but it's like in the end it's like yeah i don't think i could actually like in good conscience say like dude you, you gotta see streets <laughs> yeah. of fire like you missed it no no no. this is a good movie from the but you know i mean if you're a curio seeker you know i mean there's there is a lot of stuff to like but i think overall it's like it's probably fast uh, okay, well, Tom, this isn't looking good for you, man. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> no. I, I think that uh, Streets of Fire is it's a case of the director, the writer-director, wanting to have his cake and eat it, too. I think it's a situation where he's got an amazing idea, right? A concept, like, take everything that I liked growing up as a child... That things that like excited me or interested me, and uh, put them all into one film, and he does that. But the trouble that happens when you do something like that, you lose all of your story. You know, like like the best stories are pretty simple, and I mean not that this is a complicated story, but it's got its hand in so many, or it's got its. Oh. <laughs> so many people. Whoa, What's whoa. the term? You know. <laughs> whoa, whoa! It's got you know the pot and the fire. Let's go with the fist metaphor. The fist. We'll get past it. Uh, that, I, 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 I think that it, it you know it falls short on what it should have been focusing on, which was telling a coherent story that people would be interested in. That. Uh, with actors that were actually acting on screen. I mean, this the surface level, this film is great, right? I mean, you've got you've got uh, music, great music. You've got pr- a pretty picture to look at, especially Diane Lane, young Diane Lane. We all have to mention that, I think. But uh, that's great. Spell G O O D. But underneath it all, I think that you have a film that just doesn't really kind of... It doesn't really pay off the way it should. I think it's a great idea, but I don't think the execution is that great. I think if if you want to see something like this, I wouldn't recommend this, but I would recommend Sin City because it's a stylized film that's going after the same uh, cliches, I guess, but executes on every level and takes it to another level. You know, I mean, like... It's also a good movie with good acting and emotion <laughs> and like a plot that you care about. Like this film doesn't have like you guys all said and Colin, you said it last. So I'm mentioning you. <laughs> it's it's by the time that they get the girl out. Yeah, it's like, OK, this is a pretty picture to look at. So I still enjoyed it. But I wouldn't want to be like I wouldn't recommend it to somebody. I wouldn't be like, hey, let's go watch Streets of Fire. And that's that it's great. You know, I'm not going to like subject somebody to that (laughs) wow if you find it on your own that's cool you know or if you're with a group and you're watching it's almost a it's almost a social experiment tonight because tom you haven't even seen it so uh what did you think tom 
Well, I mean, I've never seen this movie. The result of this movie is mostly Colin's fault, because Colin showed me a trailer for this movie. See, he did this last time. He blamed someone else for the movie he picked. No, no, no. Colin showed me... It's your wild fantasy imagination that makes you pick these movies. It does have... In the trailer, it does look good. I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh, man, it's like his 50s, 80s, the music's going... I'm like, oh man, that's cool. And Colin's like, yeah, it's so cool. He's like, I want to pick it, but you know, like, you should pick it. <laughs> and, uh, should, I don't waste one. I don't want to waste one of my picks, yeah. so you should pick it. Why And I'm like, don't like, like Colin tricky like that. Like, very mean for doing All right, yeah, Streets of Fire. I'll trade you my uh, same answer if you pick I, it. I was, we I all was suffer. Gonna, I haven't oh. seen it in like 20 fucking years. Well, so <laughs> so in, in reality, this is a Colin bonus pick. <laughs> Fuck you, Colin. Fuck you. Um, Tom, don't, don't pass the buck. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not passing the buck. I'm not passing the buck. Mean Gun, Sharknado, this, you are fucking running up. God damn. Probably Space Jam at some point. Oh, oh you son of a... I swear. Yeah, nah, dude, I, I will be watching Pee Wee's Playhouse for two hours yeah. down here. I swear to God. Yeah, we, we already <laughs> did. It was called, uh, what was that movie? <laughs> Which one? Uh, Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, oh, that was. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Streets of Fire. Now, the first 15 minutes of this movie are fucking awesome. Fair enough, yes. Like, yeah. without a doubt, awesome. Yeah. Like you need to watch the first fifteen minutes of this movie. <laughs> like that 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 intro song, the way they do some some montages of the the credits, the the, the, the credits, <laughs> the greaser gang oh showing up. Credits. There's oh. a lot. There's a lot of action going on. It, I mean, it's 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 really good. And um, you know, like at, like at the end of that first fifteen minutes, I'm like, oh man, I'm in for a treat. I was actually excited too. Yeah, and. Uh, so, then the movie, it, you know, I mean, like, the first 45 minutes, you like, you know, okay, this movie's, like, great as a short film, because that first 15 minutes, awesome. It's an episode. Then you go, and then you re- you rescue her, and once you rescue her, like, the movie kind of loses it. Then it turns into the Warriors for, like, about a half an hour, and then you get the, you know, the final duel, and, and then... Uh, the ending is another 15 minutes with, with some more songs. Like, that would have been the credits, right? Like, I'm coming to get a... Yeah, my name's yeah. Cody. So... Tune <laughs> uh, in next week. The, the, uh, That's the pilot. <laughs> the pilot. Yeah. The, the oh, acting is is really poor. Uh, Cody's just terrible. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, you don't feel enough of the characters. And the movie has its problems. That being said, the music's great. I think it's a cool like style. It's, it's a stylized. It's a stylized movie. It has a very vis- interesting visual Stop. style, very interesting musical <laughs> style. So, like, I think from an artistic movie point of view, which is rare for me to be like, okay, from film and from visual and sound, it is it it, it is a hidden gem in the world of eighties movies. Like, like you, you can't find this movie for one. So. I mean, like, it's they don't print this to say, to say, like, oh, you got, you got to go out and you got to go out and watch this movie is is hard to say because you probably can't find this movie. So, if you can find this movie, I think you should check it out because it it, it is a hidden gem and you're gonna be in for it. It's, it's gonna have good. problems, but I think 
Ah, uh, you can be in for a... This thing's hidden in Aladdin's Cave of Wonders. It's still hidden. <laughs> you, you, you're going to have a, a cool little uh, visual in the, at least the first 15 minutes. Or we're checking out for sure, and then uh, musically and, and visually. That wasn't me. Uh, it's for Brent. I think that's Brent. And that's, that's what he thought of the new rating system. <laughs> <laughs> Brent disagreed with me. That's a review. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh wait, you're talking. Here's what I think. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I just want to go on. I'll take this one. Uh, my my stomach just made oh, a sound. Yeah, no, that let's was... edit that out. <laughs> yeah, that's mystery. I uh, mystery review. <laughs> yeah. So if you can seek this movie out, seek it out and watch it. That's a recommendation for me. That's a recommendation. Wow. You gotta be able to use Actually, it. I know a guy at work who said that this ran like uh, fucking USA or so. On some channel, he would see it all the time and like just kind of liked it from, you know, seeing it all the time. So somewhere it's out there. We don't know where. <laughs> we got like a you know USA is like no no license this we'll do it yeah run it you yeah. got a digital yeah. copy off of the old like voodoo but I hate to uh, say but like this and true romance to me runs similar. Like, it's like, I don't know, like a misdirected romantic adventure. Like, that just, like, it's supposed to be this fun, like, all right, it's the 80s or early 90s. Let's fucking get guns and have trench coats and shoot people. You already had your wrap-up. Don't don't be dogging on saying. True Romance. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just Which you can go back and find oh, our shit. True Romance review yeah. on SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com. episode. It is. It, there you go. The introduction, yep. Sean, on True Romance. Go find it. Go listen to it. Uh, I think that. you should just because of that. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbay okay. FM, TuneIn Radio. We're on Cast Roller. We're on Player FM. We're taking over your world. If you want to talk to us, all you got to do is go to Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. And next week, I guess then it's going to be my pick. It's your pick. <laughs> okay, it's my pick Unless next week. I want to watch it. All right, so I think you know, I was uh, debating what I was going to do. I think what I'm going to do is because of the fact that his name, nobody has noticed this, but he is... Uh, the lead in this movie was cast in Star Wars Episode Seven, so we're going to watch wait, wait, wait. Attack the Block, oh, which is a movie from right. England in 2010. The writer is also co-writing, isn't he? The writer of Attack the Block isn't he also writing? Uh... No, it was no. J.J. Abrams and the guy uh, who wrote Lawrence Empire. Kasdan. Yeah. What? Oh no, I'm sorry. He's he's co-writing Ant Man with Edgar Wright. I bet you. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. He's doing. So attack the block. Alien invasions Sweet. in Raw. Enough said. Raw. It's got all oh, yeah. And that's next week <laughs> on the Saturday Night Freak Show. That does it for us. <laughs>